This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. There's a huge upside to where we're at right now. I think in many ways we've just scratched the surface of what this industry can become. Um, There's plenty of room for growth. There's no shortage of challenges that are going to be ahead, Um, but I think that we're being and have been getting better prepared to face them. That's former WQA President Steve Verstrat with his outlook on the water treatment industry as he heads into retirement. And welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote the betterment of water quality around the world. Find us at our website, wqa.org, and on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is episode number 233. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. We're glad you're here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And if you've been a listener for a while, do us a favor, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review, and that'll help us reach more listeners. We're publishing this on September 22nd of 2021, and in this episode, WQA's Susan Keaton sits down with Steve Verstrat, who recently announced his retirement from Amway Corporation. Steve talks about his highlights within the water treatment industry and at WQA, where he served as president as we headed into the COVID-19 pandemic. Steve also reflects on the decisions leading up to the relocation of the WQA headquarters and lab. Later, we'll have our WQA tip. Now on to Susan Keaton's conversation with Steve Verstrat on WQA Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Susan Keaton with the Water Quality Association coming to you from the Mid-Year Leadership Conference in Oak Brook, Illinois. I'm talking with a very special guest today, former president, former WQA president, Steve Verstrat. Steve, welcome back to WQA Radio. Well, thank you, Susan, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today. Um, Well, one of the reasons that we're talking to you today is you've just announced some big news, uh, that being that you've retired after more than 30 years in water treatment, um, most recently as Regulatory Policy Director at Amway. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in this industry and what you did at Amway? Well, since this is a timed event, I won't go into all my details of my past, Susan, but suffice to say I spent 42 years with Amway Corporation, and I was very fortunate for 30 of those years to be engaged in Amway's water treatment business. And, in fact, I was probably the last man standing in terms of uh, Amway's initiation and engagement in in this industry, and in particular with uh, water filtration. Okay. Well, then how did you get involved in WQA, and why did you start getting involved with WQA? Well, it came out of our concerns as we started to expand into the international marketplace. And when I first was working with WQA, I was very much focused on the international section, which we had an international division at that time, and specific to standards and regulations. So I came into the industry primarily working from that international side, 
working through the standards and regs uh, task group. And then, of course, I was also focused on some of the North American activities. And some of the older members might remember the plumbing code task force. And that was one of the uh, government relations groups that I was working with. And, of course, water sciences as well over that time frame. Um, I really do feel fortunate that uh, Amway recognized the value of the association and, and what the association would bring in terms of its, its value to the industry and, and the fact that the corporation allowed me that opportunity to grow and work within WQA was something that I've always appreciated. Wonderful. Well, we've been happy to have you. You've, um, In addition to the committees that you mentioned, you've been on the board of directors, the board of governors, of course, and then were elected president in 2019. Um, 2010, you won the WQA International Award of Merit. So uh, you've been involved in a lot of things. Um, when you took office as president in 2019, you said it was a challenging time in our industry. We didn't know what was coming, I guess. <laughs> but uh, at the time, we thought it was challenging um, because the U.S. government was working on trade agreements with China and also looking to possibly regulate PFAS. Um, and then also at WQA, we uh, were poised to make some important decisions about relocating our headquarters and our lab. So um, what would you say were the highlights of your years as president? Well, the issues that you just outlined there were things that we had to focus on. Getting the trade exemptions under the tariff proposals was, was key. Uh, PFAS, as we all know, is an ongoing issue. It's, it's still going to be with us. It's a, a legacy chemical that I think will be within the discussions here in the industry and certainly within the uh, regulatory uh, agencies for the well into the future. Um, but if you talk to a highlight, I think it has to come down to the relocation of the facility and the move from the original headquarters building into the new facility that we have now. And, of course, trying to get that uh, the arrangements for the, for the new uh, building and all of the necessary approvals and make certain that we could manage that and fund that in an appropriate manner. That was, that was really one of the keys to my time as president. Yeah, we made some. You all made some very important decisions while you were president. Um, I think that's when you made the final decision, right, that we were going to go ahead with the relocation. And and I think probably at the end of your term was when uh, we had an uh, an arrangement to sell the old headquarters, and we were we had to go forward at that point, right? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was an interesting time, and and you know, obviously being in the leadership position having the board of directors support and recognition of the fact that the time had come. Uh, the, the facility that we were in had served us well for over 30 years. Uh, it really did uh, suit our needs up to a point, but it was also clear that if we were going to be able to continue to grow as an industry and to grow in not only memberships, but also in our ability to, to react to the needs of the broader industry, we couldn't do it in that location. And I think the credit to the board of being able to recognize that and to support the proposals, both for selling the building and moving forward with the relocation, they were critical to my time. And I've always been appreciative of that support. Well, as staff, we appreciate that as well. And I know that, um, of course, you didn't know the pandemic was coming, but right when you all decided to sell the building and move forward, that's when the pandemic hit. So things were kind of crazy. But um, the building is open now. It's built out. It's open. And you got to see it last night, I believe, for the first time, right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And it, it's a very impressive facility. Um, and kudos to the staff. And kudos to Polly for for her efforts. I mean, 
can't even begin to describe what, what she managed through on that, but also the support of staff. And to actually get into the new facility and see it from when I first had the opportunity to see that particular building before the build-out and to see how it's been transformed was pretty amazing. And now the capabilities that we have in terms of our lab and our lab function and also the environment for staff and their continuing work and continuing development is, is just something that I think we can all take pride in. And I think it will serve the WQA well, well into the future. Yeah, we're real excited to be there. And I think the lab especially I thought was just really... It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's great. Um, well... Um, and we talked about right after the, the, the sale was made uh, of that building and we're all ready to move and build out, then the pandemic hit. So how did that affect uh, your presidency? How did that affect the uh, industry as, as you saw it? Well, you know, with regards to the pandemic, which we weren't using the term at the time, mm -hmm. but, you know, I... I um, I have to say I took some, I'll call it good-natured uh, grief from some, some of our colleagues and some of my friends about being the president who canceled the annual event, um, you know, and you had to take that as a grain of salt with, with regard to what we were being faced with. But, you know, it, it was something that just, again, demonstrated the perseverance of the association. And, again, I come back to staff because I think that first virtual event or for virtual um, uh, convention. I mean, given the time frame that we were able to pull that together and make it work, um, was pretty incredible. And you know, for my own role, I know I had to I had to close out my term during that virtual event. And I think there's a photo still circulating around of the makeshift um, uh, setup that I had in order to put that together, actually get that videoed. And and it's it is a bit humorous as to how you had to react to the pandemic, how you had to react to the COVID, and and just find a way to get through it. So um, I think we were fortunate in that regard. And uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to have the event in Las Vegas, which went really well. And uh, hopefully we'll be in a position to continue that and continue with the in-person because, quite frankly, virtual is a fine format, but it doesn't beat. You can't beat the person-to-person -person interaction and exchanges that, that the annual convention provides its members. That's right. I think I still have a copy of that picture. I might have to dig it out. Uh, you how you use it, <laughs> You had, uh, for our listeners, you had uh, pots and pans from the kitchen and uh, under your computer to uh, uh, do that virtual meeting. That was fun. Wes was very demanding in how that was to appear, and I was trying to make shift to make certain everything was proper for Wes's needs because we, we all know we need to make Wes happy. That's right. That's right. That's my job. <laughs> um, well, looking forward, what do you see as the future of our industry what issues are coming up that you see uh, as you as you leave the industry um, what what do you see ahead for us well I think as a as an industry I mean there's a huge upside to where we're at right now I think in many ways we've just scratched the surface of what this industry can become um, there's plenty of room for growth there's no shortage of challenges that are going to be ahead um, but I think that we're being and have been getting better prepared to face them. You know, that goes from everything from the emerging contaminants, which we see in the news with, with regularity and how those are going to be reacted to and how we can demonstrate how our products can perform there, but also to other issues, particularly related to things in the regulatory front and what's going on in terms of some of the agency work, both nationally and internationally. I think those are some of the challenges we're going to face moving forward. Um, you know, obviously right now I think a lot of manufacturers are dealing with some of the 
challenges that the pandemic has brought in supply chain and how we're going to be able to manage that moving forward. But I think, you know, collectively the industry is in an incredible position. Um, I've said numerous times how, you know, source water is becoming more and more of a challenge, puts more and more pressure on our ability to, to supply quality drinking water. And I think there's a, a and maybe some of this is coming out of the pandemic, but I think you're seeing consumers becoming more attuned with things in their home and quality of their food, quality of the air, quality of their water. And I think to that end, there's going to be more and more demand for our products where they're now going to be viewed not as perhaps a nice-to-have because of, you know, chlorine taste or whatever, taste odor issues, but it's going to shift more and more to it's something that we need and it's something that, that we want to have in order to feel more comfortable. And as I say, you're seeing that, in my mind, you're seeing it across the board from everything from food to air to water, and it's just going to continue to grow. You're probably right about that. What about you? What are you uh, planning to do in your retirement? Do you have any great uh, plans ahead for the next few years? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I have a really good answer for you on that question right now, but I can say this, and I've said it to a number of, of my friends and colleagues here, and that is the fact I've been in a, I've not been without employment since age 14, and, you know, I'm a little past uh, 60 now, so, I mean, it's been a long time. I think one of the things I want to do is just take some time to actually reflect and somewhat refresh and do some soul-searching as to what my next steps will be. And in the meantime, of course, I, I do have my wife, and I've got a couple young grandchildren who, who will be uh, taking up a lot more of my time going forward, but I'll still be about, I'll still be engaged, um, and I'll still be looking for doing things to try and work in a, be it in a community setting or some other setting to continue to try and advance, you know, what I see as critical issues, and that includes issues related related to water and drinking water quality. Good. That sounds great, and I'm glad glad to hear that. I'm glad that you are here at MYLC this year. and it's, it's just been an honor and a privilege to work with you the last few years, and I wish you a long and happy retirement. Well, you know, I just want to close this, you know, with expressing my appreciation to staff at WQA. And I've been very fortunate to work with a number of very quality individuals, both professionally and personally, over the years. And it's something that I'll always hold close. It's, it's had a lot of meaning for me. And also with the friends in the industry that I've been able to develop and uh, develop friendships with and will be maintaining as I move forward into this next chapter. So kudos to you, kudos to the team, and all my best wishes going forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now our WQA tip. We know it's been tough to hire the workforce you need, especially for dealers. That's why we have our WQA Career Center, where you can post a job and look for that next wave of talent. With the WQA Career Center, you can get the same state-of-the-art services that you would get with commercial job boards and more. Plus, WQA is a member of the Engineering and Science Career Network, so your job posts reach a much wider audience. Go to wqa.org slash careers to get started. And remember, WQA member companies get a member discount. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, 
You can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at WQA.org. And of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.